This program is sponsored by Blazing Grace Ministries. This radio program is PG-13. Parents strongly caution some material may be inappropriate for children under the age of 13. Set me Jesus' mission was to comfort those who mourn, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host, Mike Janung. Hey, Mike Janung here. Welcome back to Blazing Grace Radio. Glad to have you along on this journey of life, this battlefield we call life these days. Before I talk to my guest, uh, we have I will be in Central California this Sunday hosting a From Porn to Grace conference at a church there in the Seventh-day Adventist Church there in Central California, uh, Clovis near Fresno. The address is on the website at blazinggrace.org. The From Porn to Grace conference is our conference we put in for men, wives, and youth. And so it's for everyone, this offic- the issues we talk about with porn and sexual addiction and adultery and all of that affect everyone. So if you happen to be in that area, we'd love to meet you. <clears throat> so last week we had Rudy on the line, and he shared how he had pastored five churches and uh, hit, hit bottom with his sexual acting out and ended up in prison, and today he is the Executive Director of Alaska Correctional Ministries. Alaska Correctional Ministries provides financial training and ministry assistance to 16 chaplains in 13 state prisons. They facilitate two reentry homes, one for newly released female inmates and one for newly released men. And they also run two 24-7 intensive faith-based discipleship programs for inmates for long-term rehabilitation. So, Rudy, my friend, welcome back to the program. Well, thank you, Mike. It's great to be here. I uh, apologize for the connection if there's any problems, but uh, really great to be with you. I sure have enjoyed our relationship through the years, and I'm thrilled at what God is doing through your life. Yeah, and you likewise, brother, and your connection sounds fine. So I wanted to begin by um, inviting Rudy to share a story. Last week, after the broadcast, he told me a story about really a miraculous change in somebody's life there. So, Rudy, go for it. All right. Thank you, Mike. Um, <clears throat> this thing about God and redemption, and, you know, I'm often remembering, you know, what is man that thou art mindful of him? You know, I, uh, I horribly, horribly um, disgraced the name of God in, in my past life, and and when it all came down and I ended up in prison, I thought, you know, uh, all I'm going to do is just survive and, you know, just sit at the door of the church and just enjoy God. But but God had greater plans, it always has greater plans. Uh, he told me he had a hope in the future for my life. And, you know, as I shared before, uh, God opened doors one at a time. I, in all the positions that I've had since I got out of prison, I never asked for them. I was asked. 
And it just amazed me that God would use uh, someone that has been so horrible like I have. And so, you know, finally ended up and being uh, uh, executive director of Alaska Correctional Ministries, director of the Prodigals Ministries, also a counselor at my church, one of the most influential churches in our state, and all these people that that God has brought to, to support and help and assist, because I had no reputation, none. I destroyed everything. But God has given me such powerful people, and so ended up um, the 24-7 programs we have are in prison. Uh, the Department of Corrections has asked us to do a faith program um, because they want to provide everything they can. And so it's more or less, um, you know, just another program, but of a faith nature and trying to cover all their bases and stuff. Well, anyway, we have a program that's been going on for years and years, and I became a uh, program director of it. And it's called the Transformational Living Communities at 24-7. We have one at the men's prison here and then one in Eagle River for the ladies' prison. And uh, both of us are former inmates. Uh, the program directors are former inmates. And uh, so anyway, God opened those doors. We started from scratch. And I got to tell you, a lot of uh, Department of Correction people at the local institutions had no faith in us. They've seen a lot of hypocrite preachers. They've seen a lot of Christians go down the tube, you know, professing uh, things of God. Well, anyway, so we started uh, behind the curve, uh, trusting God and going forward and uh, began to interview men to come into the program and uh, bring them in one at a time. Uh, they have to be interviewed. They have to volunteer. It's a 24-7 program. They're in a mod all by themselves. They are not in another mod. It's not a mixed community. It's all men or women uh, in the other program that want to serve God, want to grow, want to learn the things of God and uh, principles of God and really, really grow. But again, some of them are really, really rough. They come from all kinds of backgrounds, sex offenders, murderers, uh, thieves, uh, horrible. I mean, you think of any crime, we've had them. Uh, well, anyway, uh, this went on for a few years. And in that time, God began to give us a little favor in the institution. Uh, there is a official, a high official in the institution that did not like me did not like faith programs against that kind of stuff. And uh, uh, he would tell people there's no way that this ex-criminal should be running the program and have all the freedom to run what he wants and blah, blah, blah. Well, anyway, so after a few years, uh, you know, he always gave us a hard time. Uh, and so after a few years, he calls me up one day and he goes, uh, Rudy, I, I need a favor. And I'm thinking, oh, boy, this is a problem. And he said, uh, I have a man, and this was right in the middle of COVID, and he said, I have a man that has just been totally incorrigible. He's been in, in prison most of his life. Um, he's currently 35 years old, uh, started out very young, can't read or write, uh, has no faith. Uh, he is so violent, he has to be what they do called tied down four corners. And so they put him in a solitary cell, time to the floor, and he can't move or anything because he would grow violent and tear people apart, rip up people. He's just done ferocious thing. He's in for murder and just a ferocious, terrible crime. And uh, so it just got so violent that he began to torture himself. He began to bite skin off his arms and his hands. He bit the whole skin off his, both of his hands entirely. They had to do grafts and poke holes all over his body, all over his stomach, all over his face. Uh, ripped his bottom of his nose out and just he just wanted to die attempted suicide numerous times and 
no matter what they did, they, they brought him the best treatment Alaska had. Well, it's a long story, but what happened is uh, it just got so bad that they had to have a correctional officer in his cell 24-7 as he's tied to the floor. The amazing things, as many of the, the officers, they got to watch him, would sing him songs of the Lord, read the Bible. He would curse them, scream at them. I mean, it was like the gathering demoniac out of his mind. And they sent him to all the institutions, all the mental health that they could find in Alaska, and nothing was working. And so one day, his team, let's just call this guy Gilbert, Gilbert's team uh, decided, well, we're seeing a lot of amazing things up in that religious program. Let's ask Chaplain Rudy of Hill, take him. Hmm. And so they called me, and I said, well, you know, so he told me a little bit about it, but he didn't tell me the whole thing about Gilbert. He didn't tell me the whole thing. And if I would have known in advance, I thought he was setting me up for failure. But uh, I said, okay, under one condition, when he starts acting out, I get to remove him. They said, a deal. So they brought him into the program. Well, uh, a former superintendent contacted me and said, hey, now, Lieutenant Governor asked me to contact these nine major states uh, to see if they will accept him because everything we're doing is not working and we want to get him to the lower 48. All nine states read his file and refused him, absolutely refused him. And so she said, okay, let's let's go a different route. And so the team, which I call the G team, decided to approach me. And so we brought Gilbert in and uh, uh, he came in and we were watching him 24 seven. They're watching him on the cameras. Every time he would jump up and down or climb up on a table, they would call down, hey, he's, you know, because they're watching the cameras. Well, anyway, he started to mellow out, a little rambunctious, like a teenager or whatever, uh, long hair, just really rough-looking tattoos all over the place, holes all over his body, scars and everything. And uh, But he never, ever got real violent. He got irritated, he got angry, almost started to act out in anger. But the men would draw up to him and... Uh, as time went by, now we have a very rigid program. Um, it is a very tough program. The prison program, we have TLC program uh, in the prison. We have our own mod. Uh, I get to run it with uh, my people, and Bible teachers and so on, and uh, the CEOs monitor it, but I get to run it. And uh, so we, we have a program, a really, really excellent program, using uh, Genesis process, prodigals, and then a lot of things I've learned through the years. Um, so anyway, he began to improve little by little. And every week I had to write a report about him. And I would write about amazing things about him. Well, anyway, after a couple months, the G team, uh, made up of the assistant superintendent, the lieutenant, the therapist, a couple therapists, and uh, other people that were on his team, they wanted to come up and, and see him. And so uh, I told him uh, they want to come. He goes, well, I want to do a devotion. I said, okay. He couldn't really read or write yet. And so they came up. We seated him over on the side, and he got up there and introduced himself and then had one of the other inmates read the gathering demoniac. Mm -hmm. He turned around, looked right at the, the team, and he said, you know this was me. You know all the institutions have chained down to the floor. I have to walk down the hall with chains on my waist and my hands and my feet, and I have to have three officers to walk down the hall. You know that was me. And he said, I just want to share with you this story. Now, most of those people are not Christians. One was. 
and he's telling them about how God set him free, how he's never felt love before in his whole life, the abuse from his father. He was used as a sexual object for alcohol and drugs uh, that his father did, and just a myriad of horrible, horrible, torturous things in his life. And here he is sharing that, and tears coming down his face, how God set him free. And he was look- And I looked over at that team, and there were tears in their eyes. Mm-hmm. Hardened Department of Correction people had tears in their eyes. They've known him for years. I've only known him for about four months. And here he is sharing with them. And so when it was all over, everybody clapped and everything. And they said, uh, go in the gym with us. We got a little room to call the gym. And they took him into the gym. And they were asking him, you know, are you brainwashed? Are you forced to say this? Whatever, whatever. And he just unleashed on him again about the word of God. And it was telling about, and at the end he goes, I want everybody to bow your heads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had everybody bow their heads and he prayed for them. And I was looking through the window watching, and I said, praise God, how amazing this is. Well, Gilbert's gone on. He's been in our program two years, and we have an intensive program. It is very intensive. And he, with the help, we have a man in there that's a former school teacher. He's a convict. And so he took him under his wings to walk him through the program. Gilbert today reads 92 words a minute with two mistakes. He writes his own material. He he has advanced. We have four leadership positions he's done all four of those and now he's looking at the top three there's three more top positions he has run a committee of men of 12 men in the program he advanced everywhere he has memorized he memorizes two or three scriptures a week and he and he gives them to the officers and the team comes up to see him all the time they're amazed and i know this is a long story i'm gonna try to cut it short but People from all over the state that knew him at all these institutions, Anchorage is the main city. When they come to Anchorage to visit, to shop, whatever, they come to the jail to see Gilbert. They cannot believe they will come in uh, from all over the Department of Corrections, the state of Alaska, and they will go, that's Gilbert. Gilbert's, Gilbert's clean cut, got a nice haircut. He can't do anything about his scars. His uniform is all nice. He's out there. He's now teaching classes in our program, brother, teaching classes. This man that was out of his mind that couldn't put two sentences together is teaching classes. I have him mentoring. He's now a mentor, and he mentors two men, and he's just doing amazing. They can't believe it. They can't. Mental health is beside itself. Uh, in DOC, mental health is God. Whatever they want, whatever they and they uh, most of the time they're in competition with Christianity. But our mental health team has written to the state offices. The, the coordination that we have and how we work together, and they are just impressed. Everybody's impressed. So this man that's a murderer and a terrible, been in prison most of his life, uh, he's got uh, closed custody, which is the severest. And they only let him in our program because the severest prison we have, they can't do anything with him, so they brought him into our program. And so he's been there. So, you know, after two years, um, the superintendent called me and said, hey, uh, uh, he's closed custody, but because of what has happened in his life, now my superintendent is a Christian. Because of what God's done in his life, we have petitioned central office to drop his his uh, custody level so that he can continue to participate in the program here and go to other lesser institutions to continue what he's doing. He has influenced thousands of people. Wow. Uh, uh, 
television programs want to do a video on him. State of Alaska just announced they're going to do a video of him and pass it to all 13 institutions in the state of Alaska and use it as, you know, how a man can change. Uh, magazines have contacted us. They've heard the story here. I send out a newsletter every month. And just amazing things. And he's very humble. No big deal. So here not too long ago, I had a fundraiser. Lieutenant Governor was my main speaker, and she walks up to me. She goes, how's Mr. G doing? And I looked at her, and I go, you remember? She goes, yeah, I remember. I'm the one that had the superintendent contact all these states. I said, all nine states. She goes, no, no. She goes, when nine states refused, I turned him loose to contact all 49 other states, and they all turned him down when they read his file. And she goes, I've been watching and keeping in touch. She goes, I want you to keep me apprised of how Gilbert's doing. And she goes, it's just a miracle. It's an amazing thing. Everyone is astounded more than I can tell you, Mike. I mean, we have visitors from all over the place. They just want to meet Gilbert. And he's doing amazing. He's very humble. Very, very humble. Everybody that's important comes in. He's very humble with him, very nice to all the women, nice to everybody. And it just blows him away. It just blows him away. I want to end with this. They took him to the hospital a few weeks ago, and uh, he was returning, and I had just come into the prison, and he was walking down the hall behind me. I didn't know it was him, and he yelled, there's a Chapman Rudy. And I turn around, and here's Gilbert with chains around his waist, his handcuffs, his legs chained. Two officers are holding both arms, and an officer is behind. And I looked at him, and I laughed, and I said, how many people does it take to escort Gilbert? Mm-hmm. And he goes, three of them. And he had the huge, Mike, that would have been a beautiful picture. He had the hugest smile in chains in a prison and and just one of the most formerly vicious people in the state of Alaska. And here he had this huge smile. And I said, Gilbert, are you free? He goes, I'm really free. And here he is walking down the, the central hallway of the prison with chains all over, three officers, and they were just smiling because he's not a threat. Mm. Um, that's about that's about it there, Mike. Unless you have some more questions. <clears throat> yeah. Well, first off, it's amazing and wonderful, and we do have a God who sets captives free, and that's not just absolutely. A, that's not just a theological premise. That's real life, and that's right. So, my first question is: How did you help him break those demonic strongholds? Well, it you know, like everything in life, it's it's a, a combination of several things. And the program is is centered around Jesus Christ, period. They like, the institution likes to call it a faith program, okay, so whatever. But it's a a Christian. It's based on the Word of God, the authority of the Word of God, no other stuff. Uh, Prayer is huge. We pray. Uh, When Gilbert first got in there, he goes, you know, I hear voices, I see things and all that. So we had a deliverance prayer meeting for him. And it was amazing. He renounced this, renounced that, everything in his life. He just had a big, long list. And we prayed with him and prayed with him. We've prayed with him several times since. He's a man of prayer. He prays. He can pray beautiful, Mike. Beautiful. Man, I want to I weep when he prays. A very humble guy. And then uh, the, the material, getting into the Word. 
So when he first started, men had to read the Bible to him because he's required to do this, the assignments. We have hundreds of assignments, Mike, not just a few. This is not a little lay-me-down kumbaya situation that most people think it is. It's a serious program of change, serious program of commitment to God and how to walk that walk out every minute of every day. And then the other thing, and then this is something else, you know, he just loves being there. He absolutely loves being there. It's amazing. He always has a smile and just... But here's one of the big things, in combination of the Spirit of God moving on him. He's very sensitive in prayer, in worship. He's very sensitive. Uh, he knows the Word of God. He can just spout it out really easy. And he gets into it. He shares. He teaches. He mentors other people. But he told me one of the biggest things is the love of God that flows from the brothers. He said, Brother, I never had a family. My mom and dad were alcoholics. They were horrible. My dad sold me for alcohol and just numerous things. Uh, I've had officers tell me that when he was sleeping and they were watching, he would begin to weep and weep in, in, in a state of sleep, and he would bend over just like somebody was doing him, and he would just weep in his sleep, weep and weep, and Daddy, help me, Daddy, help me. And so here's this man, and he said, I've never had a family. He goes, but these men are my family. He said, Chapman Rudy, nobody's ever loved me like these men. These are my brothers. And boy, he tells them. When it's his turn to get up in the middle of the group, he tells them how much he loves them, how much he cares, and how much they love him. And everybody respects him because of the miraculous things. It's real. The change in his life is real. It's not fake. It's not something he could orchestrate because he doesn't come from a religious background. And so the combination of the Spirit of God working on him daily, daily, it's he has real brothers. They really love him, and he loves them. And he is so generous, he, he has quite a bit of money. And uh, he will sneak in items to different men that don't have enough uh, stuff or don't have enough things to take care of them. He'll sneak it, put it on their bed, and run out. He got caught the other day, and this guy was saying, somebody's putting something on my bed for the last six months. And they finally right. caught him. <laughs> I mean, the, the guys did, and he just wanted to be humble about it. So it's a combination of God doing all these things that he knows that we need. You know, God looks at us and sees the needs in and, and God's place, even in prison, even in prison, even locked down. Um, God has ministered to Gilbert in so many ways, and I'd love everybody to meet him. He is very, very humble. A lot of important people come in the mod, and he just talks to him. We had uh, the executive director of Prison Fellowship come visit our program, and uh, they met Gilbert. Well, the man's wife is a former New York runway model. Mm. They're over there talking like they're old friends this <laughs> Gilbert and this lady are just chatting. And afterwards she came to me and she goes, my husband and I go to hundreds and hundreds of prisons. She goes, I have never felt more safe, more respected. Not one man leered at me, looked at me wrong, said anything wrong. And she said, that Gilbert is funny. Amazing story. Mm. So what I'm hearing is that prayer, community, and the Word of God <clears throat> were critical, and isn't that what the early church is devoted to? <laughs> so my question to you... You got that right, Mike, <laughs> because everybody has to admit, this is such a miracle, you know, okay, so, you know, uh, to to work the political system, I go, yeah, we're all working as a team, and so that's fine, but the reality is nothing could be done. I mean, they, the state of Alaska did everything they could to sincerely try to help this guy that was crazed, and 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 yet God did it. That it, the the one uh, uh, the one uh, official I told you that didn't like us, he came and apologized to me. Apologized to the whole program. I was wrong. 
this is, he said, in my 36 years, this is one of the very best programs I've ever seen. Mm. All right. And this guy doesn't like Christianity. He, he was against us. And he goes, what has happened in here with so many men, my superintendent says, I've seen so many impossible men go through that program. It's only God. And it's God. Prayer, everything that God provides, his spirit, his word, prayer, worship, his authority, you know, the, the, the blood of Jesus, all of that in combination just brings, you know, freedom. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And i got to tell you, man, nobody can argue that with Gilbert and several other men there. We have a lot of men that were horrible, horrible, unbelievable. We do not condone sin or crime in any way. In fact, we, they have to take responsibility. Mm. Um, and it's just an amazing thing. What, what God has done, this is God, man. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things that God does. But when he does something like this, it just it blows everybody away. Everybody in the Department of Corrections and a lot of the community know about this man. They know about his life. And he's just a simple guy. He just takes it very humble. Uh, and he loves to talk and share with people about the Lord. Well, Rudy, we got 40 seconds left. Tell my listeners how they can support you. Prayer. Prayer is a big thing. Um, you know, all of us that have been in leadership, there, there's attacks. Uh, we got attacked this last week several times, big time, big time. Prayer is the big thing. Uh, just really, really pray for us. Uh, uh, the state of Alaska is interested more in what we do and wants it to spread to other institutions. And so prayer is a huge thing, and uh, that, that would just be the greatest thing. I mean, we need finances, we need support and all that, but really the, the thing is God. It's what does God want. I want this to be about God and nothing else. Thank you, my brother and my fellow warrior. We need you speaking in churches, not just inside the prison doors, because everything you said, we need to hear. So thank you for joining us, and thank you for Rudy, and we'll talk to you next time. Do you want to be free? Blazing Grace is a nonprofit international ministry for the sexually broken and the spouse. Please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Janung's books, groups, counseling, or to have Mike speak at your organization. You can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona at 719-888-5144. Again, visit us at blazinggrace.org. Email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call the office at 719-888-5144. This program was sponsored by Blazing Grace Ministries.